Hello and welcome to the Grace Avenue Church Podcast. As you listen to this message, I pray that you're built up, encouraged through God's Word, and I pray that His Holy Spirit leads you and guides you in the way that you should go. I pray that He gives you answers for your questions, healing and help for your life. Most importantly, I pray that this Word helps you to become more like Jesus and a greater influence for Him in our church and in your world. Now, let's grow together. Enjoy the message. So good to be with you guys this morning. I told the first service man um, this week in preparing for this moment, this message, it's just been, it's just blessed me so much to know the support that I have of my church family. I have felt the prayers, I've heard the encouragement, and it's been so, um, just such a blessing. And so if you are new to us this morning and visiting us for the first time, I want to just encourage you to stick around, keep coming. Um, There's family for you here. There's community for you here. Um, Also, my husband told me to go ahead and release Avenue X because he forgot to, and he told me I could blame him for that. So if you're in 6th or 12th grade, you can head on outside. Um, But you guys can go ahead and be seated this morning. I'm so excited and honored to be able to share the word with you. Um, If you don't know me, my name is Kayla. Um, I am married to Chris Martinez, who is uh, out there with our youth right now, and I would be out there as well with him, but I have the privilege of being able to speak to you this morning, and God's really put a word on my heart. I have been at Grace Avenue for 10 years, an entire decade. Came in 2012. I was a 23-year-old, recent college graduate, um, just got out of a relationship, which might bring many people to church. <laughs> um, I was in a very long-term, unhealthy, toxic relationship, and I was just, you know, in my feels, crying crying, just devastated, heartbroken. And I remember my best friend who's over here sitting on the front row, Miss Rita, um, she reached out to me and she said, hey, you know, I don't know what you really believe about God, but there's this new church that started. And I really feel like you'd connect with the pastors there. Do you want to come with me on Sunday? And I was like, better than being at home and crying. Yes, I will be there. And so came that day and it was just really a start of um, what has really not been a long journey. It's felt like it's gone by very, very quickly. Um, I came in, like I said, very broken, lost, insecure, probably unhealed in many areas that I didn't know I needed healing from, right? I came in, had a pretty good head on my shoulders, I think, had a good life, felt like I had a decent upbringing. I came in and God really got to work on me. There's been a lot of growth that's taken place over the last 10 years, a lot of maturing, a lot of healing, a lot of freedom. Um, and that comes from a background of having come in um, unchurched. I did not get, I was not raised in the church. I was not raised having a relationship with Jesus. My dad is retired military, retired army. So I'm a quote unquote army brat um, from the womb. <laughs> I was literally born and just moved around every three years, uprooted, put in a new school, having to make new friends. And so church really wasn't just, it just really wasn't something my family did. Um, We may have prayed at Thanksgiving. We may have gone to maybe a Christmas Eve mass or something, but it just wasn't uh, a part of my home life. Um, and I think it's funny that people will try to ask where I'm from, right? They, where are you from? I'm like, well, I'm military, so I'm kind of from everywhere. And they'll try to like one-up me, like they're going to tell me where I'm from. They're like, well, where were you born? Let me tell you where you're from. Where were you born? I'm like, well, Washington, but I wasn't even there a year. Like I was born and then like we left. Um, so I like to say that I'm not from Texas, but I got here as fast as I could because this is my favorite place that I have lived. Uh, and so, yeah, grew up here pretty much all of my 20s. 
20s and graduated here. I'm telling you guys about the past decade, essentially. A lot of life has happened through my time at Grace Avenue when I can look back and see different milestones and different growth that's happened. So I've graduated with two degrees. I have a master's degree as well. Uh, I found my husband here. I've had a child here. I've lost my mom, so I've experienced loss as well. Um, and I had, I had a career for 12 years. I was also working at UTSA. And then last year we made the decision for me to be at home with Jaden. And so, um, definitely have experienced a lot in the last 10 years. I definitely come from, um, some unchurched and unhealed places. Um, but God has done so much and I've experienced his goodness through it all. And that's really what I'm speaking to today. Um, I really want to honor our pastors. If you love our pastors, you let them know on the podcast, they're going to listen to this. Come on, let them know, let them know. We love our pastors. I would not be here today, a daughter of this house. I would not be here today, a product of their leadership. They have really opened the doors for somebody like me who was broken and insecure, coming in with no relationship with Jesus. And they've really paved the way for me to be able to grow in my walk with Jesus. And so uh, today I get to stand here and, and minister from a place of 10 years of experiencing God's goodness, despite the different milestones I face, despite the different challenges and struggles and loss and things I've had to overcome. So today we're talking about experiencing the goodness of God. God is good. Amen? God is good. Such a simple sentence. I really wrestled with that in this. I'm like, is this too simple? Like, how do I make it more, like, complex? And it's like, it doesn't need to be complex. God is good. That's it. Three short words. God is good. And I'm sure you guys have heard the saying, if you want to say it with me, God is good. All the time. Come on. All the time. God is good. There we go. It's a nice sentiment, right? Makes for a cool bumper sticker, good word of encouragement. Um, and as Christians, we should believe this. We should believe this with our whole heart. God is good. But how many of you know life doesn't always feel good, right? Life doesn't always feel good. It doesn't always go the way that we think it should go. Um, and there's a tension, I think, that we have to wrestle with there as Christians. That if we can't embrace this simple three-word statement in a way that when things aren't going good, God still is, then we may miss what God's doing in us and around us and through us. We may miss the very thing that God has for us because it's such a simple statement that carries such a big weight in our relationship with Jesus. And in life, I think it's easy to get consumed by what's going on around us, um, that we miss God in it all, right? Come on, you've got everyday things. You've got a job. You've got bills. You've got things in the house that need to be fixed. I told first services, so I'm going to tell you guys this too, because we're trying to keep my husband accountable. So we've got things in the house that need to be fixed. Over the past week, our canned lights in our kitchen, like one at a time, have gone out. One, two, three, four. I'm like, Chris, two lights are out now. Hey, three lights are out now. I'm telling you guys so you guys can keep him accountable to fix our lights in our house, okay? So you've got things in the house that need to be fixed. You've got a house that needs to be cleaned. We, I've got a little two-year-old, and I swear, like, no matter how many, how often I'm picking up after him, the house is just always messy. Like, I just picked up that toy. Why is it out again? Um, you've got relationships to maintain, right? And that's just day-to-day, -day, like I said. On top of that, let's add car trouble, Let's add, maybe you have health concerns. Maybe you're having marriage problems, right? You've got things that life is just throwing at you that you have no way of being prepared for. And it's easy to allow those things to consume you and to consume your thoughts into thinking that because life isn't going good right now, that God isn't good. That because this doesn't feel good, because I don't feel good right now, 
God isn't good, that because things aren't happening the way I thought they should, the way I planned for them to happen, and when I planned for them to happen, that God isn't good. Friends, I'm here to tell you this morning that God is good. God is good. And I think the first thing I think we have to understand when it comes to the goodness of God is knowing that the goodness of God is simply the character of God. Okay? It's his nature. It's who he is. It's not um, about our feelings or our circumstances. It's not about what he um, does or doesn't do for us. On the mountain and in the valley, God is good. It's who he is. He's, not cha- he's um, unchanging. And so you have to ask yourself this morning, do I believe that? Do I believe God is who he says he is? Do I believe God is good? Do I believe when everything is falling apart, God is good? That when things feel uncertain, unstable, unsteady, that I can rest in his goodness? So we'll have a couple Psalms up on the screen. Psalm 107.1 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Psalm 34.8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. I've seen that second one hung in some people's dining rooms. Um, no shade if you have it, because I want one too. Um, but this verse isn't about eating a good meal with good people. Okay, this verse is about the goodness of God. It's about experiencing the goodness of God. It says, come and taste and see and experience that he is good, that the Lord is good. Over the last 10 years, I've had to learn to embrace this goodness for myself because life hasn't always been easy life hasn't always felt good and even I have questioned his goodness at times but I've come to realize that the question isn't is God good right we just established that God is good because it's his character it's who he is the Bible says he never changes this is who God is point blank period the question isn't is God good the question is am I embracing his goodness in what I'm currently walking through Here's the thing. God's goodness isn't contingent upon anything you do. Take it from me. Learn from me. God's goodness is not contingent upon anything that you do. It's not contingent upon anything you do for him, for this church, for your family, for your job. It isn't contingent upon anything you do. It's not even contingent upon anything that you feel or think. Okay? It's not contingent upon even anything that you want. It is, however, experiencing the goodness of God is, however, contingent upon our trust in him. Psalm 3119 says, How great is your goodness that you have stored up for those who fear you, that you have given to those who trust you. You do this for all to see. How we experience God's goodness is dependent upon our trust in him. So some people will never experience the goodness of God simply because they don't trust him. So let's think about trust for a minute, okay? Anyone else come into Grace Avenue with trust issues? No, just me? Cool. All right. Um, Well, if you are like me, you know that trust usually stems from some sort of fear or lack of control. And um, I think all of us, to some degree, have control issues, okay? Um, I like to know the when, the what, the how, the why, all the details, okay? So the need to control is something that I have had to learn to surrender in various areas of my life, even as early as this morning in preparing for this message, right? Like, there isn't anything I can do, right? Like, I've been obedient. I've stepped in, into this. Like, the rest is up to God. So we put our trust in things that we can control, 
right? Um, our finances, for example. I have been there in my early 20s. I had a real fear of money and just being without. How am I going to pay rent? How am I going to eat lunch today? Um, and it wasn't until I put my trust in God um, and trusting that he was my ultimate provider that I gained that genuine peace about money. So it wasn't even about putting my trust in God to experience his favor and blessings that the Bible talks about. It was really putting my trust in God so that I can experience just supernatural peace and get rid of the anxiety I had when it came to money. So maybe you're putting your trust in relationships. Been there as well. I was, you know, with somebody I thought was the one who isn't. I'm grateful he wasn't the one because God brought me my one. Um, maybe it's a job. Success. That, that's where you're trusting. I'll work hard. I'll stay late. Get that promotion right. Not recognizing that God is in control anyway right? So there's nothing that you could do or not do that is going to keep the will of God from happening in your life, okay? The Bible says he opens doors no man can shut. No man can shut. So on your worst day, your worst, let's say you're interviewing your worst interview, if it's meant to happen, it's going to happen. Like, praise God for that, that despite me, he is in control. Um, he makes a way when there is no way. Do you guys believe that this morning? So to my fellow control freaks, let me set you free for a minute and tell you to learn to surrender and trust God. He is in control anyway. And so really, we're just overextending ourselves for no reason. So work smarter, not harder. Amen? All right. I remember my season of singleness and having a real moment of conviction with the Holy Spirit where I was left with this wrestling uh, tension of, do I really trust God and his will and his plans for my life? Or is my trust placed in the desires in my heart and what I want to happen, what I think I want my life to look like? Keyword, think. Isaiah 55, 8 through 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. If you guys ask 20-year-old Kayla where she's going to be in five years, let me tell you, she has it all figured out. She is married to a great-looking guy who treats her like a queen, like she's never dreamed of. She's already got a, a baby. She's got a little girl, her BFF, her mini-me. Maybe she's got another one on the way, a little boy. She's successful in her career. She's got a big house with the perfect kitchen, big closet, big backyard. Don't forget the garden tub. Her marriage is thriving. Life is good. 25-year-old Kayla was just stepping into what God called her to. She's growing in her career. She is maturing as an adult. She was living on her own in a small, one-bedroom, affordable apartment, and she was still single. There's this trending reel on Instagram with an audio that starts out singing, can we skip to the good part? Y'all seen it? Yeah, and then it goes over to some inspiring music. So usually the can we skip to the good part is like something that you want to get past, right? And then the inspiring music is something you want to happen. So you, with me, usually the algorithm comes at me with like all the mom things, right? I don't know why. Um, and so it might be can we skip to the good part? And it's like a pregnant woman. And the good part with the inspiring music is like babies here, newborn. Although I'm not sure that that's the good part either. Um, <laughs> I made one the other day of Jaden. I took him to get a haircut, and 
God bless the people that cut his hair. Jaden hates getting his hair cut. I actually had to stop taking him to Sam at our church because we love Sam and we don't want him to leave. Um, so I had to take him to a kid's barber where they have the little cars, the little TV set up, like he's good to go. And still nothing. Like Jaden is like crying, like he's being tortured. He's like clinging to my neck, trying to climb out of the car. I'm getting hair on me, like as she's just still like buzzing away on him. Um, and I, in my head, I'm just singing, killing it to the good part. <laughs> to where I have this handsome little boy with his haircut. Um, I think that's a lot like how we feel with life sometimes, right? We want to skip past what's hard. We want to skip past what hurts, the disappointments. We want to skip past the hard work and step right into the goodness of God. But can I tell you something? Can I come at you a little different this morning, church fam? What if the good part is what you're standing in right now? What if that's the good part, okay? The Bible says that he's the God of yesterday, today, and forever. So he's not just the God of your past and what he's brought you out of. He's not just the God of your future and what he has for you. He's the God of today, right now, whatever you're walking with, whether you're on a mountain, whether you're in the valley, he is the God of today. So it's not always about what's on the other side of your struggle. Don't get me wrong. There's, there's blessing there. God is there. But sometimes it's about what God's doing in you and around you in the midst of your struggle. So those years of singleness were hard. They were lonely, lots of crying, lots of chick flicks and ice cream. Um, But that's also when I came to know the Lord in a very real and close and personal way. It's when I first began to experience his goodness as I learned to put my trust in him. So think about what it takes to trust somebody, you guys. There's relationship there, right? There's familiarity. You know the person. You know what their response will be. You know how their demeanor, their body language will be. So when Chris and I were first dating, I had to grow in my trust of him, right? There might be a question that I ask him like a few times because I don't trust that he's going to do what I'm asking of him. Um, Now I know that he will. He's just going to do it in his time, not my time. That's okay. Um, My point is you have to know Jesus to trust him. You have to be near Jesus to know him. The goodness of God is found in his presence. It's found in his nearness. And so what I'm trying to tell you this morning, church fam, is God is good in the waiting I've had to do my fair share of waiting, not just with God bringing my husband to to me when I wanted him at 20 years old. I don't know what I was thinking there. Um, But I've learned that over time that his timing and his way is always better than mine. It's always better than mine. So stay, I've stayed put in a job that I had hit my ceiling in. I knew I could do it in my sleep, knew it like the back of my hand. I've stayed put there until God opened a new door for me to step in at the right time. Even stepping away from my job last year to be at home with Jaden, that didn't happen when I wanted it to happen. I wanted it to happen like a year before I heard from the Lord like that I was supposed to be home. Went to Chris. I'm like, hey, I feel like I'm supposed to leave my job. And he's like, uh, he wasn't like, yeah, let's do it. He was like, I have questions. Um, so there was ta- things that needed to happen. There was preparation that needed to take place. Okay, there was alignment that needed to happen in my marriage. And then once he was on the same page, praise God, um, like dominoes, we started experiencing the goodness of God. We got to buy our first home. Chris made a shift in his career to where the income he has now replaced the income we lost when I stepped away. That may not have happened had we done things when I wanted to, how I wanted to. There are things that I'm walking in now 
that 10 years ago, five years ago, I wasn't ready for. 20-year-old Kayla wasn't ready for a husband. 25-year-old Kayla wasn't ready for a Jaden. Um, <laughs> when we can surrender our timeline for his, our approach for his, our will for his, we save ourselves from a lot of discouragement, a lot of disappointment. We can better embrace his goodness. Philippians 1.6 says this, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So here we have a promise from God, just like his character. This is a promise from God. It's who he is. Can't break it. This verse is essentially saying God doesn't leave things halfway done. There's a good work he began in you, and he's going to carry it on to completion. He doesn't leave things halfway done. So he's not like, you're too complicated. I'm done with you, right? He didn't move on when things got too messy or too hard. Sounds like an ugly breakup, right? Instead of it saying like, oh, it's not you, it's me. Like It's like, it's me. It's not you. Um, that's not God. And I don't know about y'all, but I came in to Grace Avenue. I came to Jesus with some baggage. And I praise God that he wasn't like, this is too heavy. He will carry the good work in you to completion. He's not sitting back with his arm, arms crossed, rolling his eyes like, oh, my goodness, this is taking forever. This is taking too long. I don't know about you guys, but uh, patient is not a virtue for me. <laughs> um, especially with my very independent two-year-old who wants zero help from his mom for anything. We were at the mall yesterday, and he was in a stroller, and he was doing great, and then he wanted to get out. I'm like, okay, like, well, we'll walk with him, but he doesn't just want out of the stroller to walk. Like, no, he wants to push the stroller. So I'm like, okay, like, push the basket. Come on, push the basket. And he's like, no, I want to push up here where you push. I want, I want the handles. He's like, three feet, three feet nothing, like, on his tippy toes, walking around, pushing. And so I'm trying to, like, guide him, right, my independent two-year-old, guide him along so he's not crashing into people or things, and he's just pushing my hand off. No, mine. I do it. Three weeks ago, maybe, I was leaving, trying to leave the house, already running late, right, and I'm packing his bag, getting his snacks, diapers, making sure we have everything, trying to get ready to fill his water bottle. Here comes Jaden running around. Mine! He wants to do it. I'm like, no, no, baby, we got to go. Bye-bye. I'll do it. And he's like, no, mine. Like, the kid's made up his mind. I'm not going to waste any more time trying to reason with a two-year-old who's decided what he's going to do. So I'm like, fine. Let's do it. Come on. I'm standing over him, trying to let him hold the water bottle and pour, which feels like a lifetime because I'm already late, right? And of course, what happens? He spills the water everywhere. Oh, no, is what he says. And I'm like, now I can help. God has been patient in my growth in the way that I've learned to be patient with Jaden growing and learning when I've wanted to do things myself, when I've made mistakes and spilt the water, when I needed to mature. Over the years, God has gently revealed areas of my past that were unhealed, places where I had to grow up too fast, places of abandonment, places of trauma. In 2016, I lost my mom, and um, I was raised in a blended family, so this wasn't my birth mom, um, but it was the woman who raised me um, from two years old. She's my mom, okay? Um, but grieving her was so much more complicated than just grieving her, right? Uh, it was now time to come face-to-face -face with some of those unhealed places. And God was never like, she's taking too long to heal. 
She's taking too long. She's taking too long to step into what I've called her to do. What's she doing? She's taking too long. Let me move on to somebody else. God was patient with my healing, even when I was not patient with myself. I'm coming in on Sundays, and God is just at work, right? He's just doing work, and I'm crying during worship, not knowing why, crying during the message. I'm like, great, the lights are on, like everyone can see me. And then, of course, like somebody's like, how was your week? And that's like triggering. I'm like, oh, let me tell you, the floodgates start, right? They're just asking how my week was. Um, God is good in your healing, church fam. God is good in your healing. His goodness is the inconceivable peace that you have despite the chaos that surrounds you. It's the undeniable comfort you feel despite the loss that you have faced. It's the unexplainable joy you have despite the hurt and disappointment that you have experienced. I'll go ahead and invite the band to come up. But can I tell you, church fam, that sometimes what doesn't feel good is for your good. And I know that that might be hard to hear, if you're, especially if you're facing great difficulty right now. But I can stand here today and tell you that Romans 8 says he works all things out for the good of those who love him and tell you that I've witnessed it. I've experienced it for myself, okay? I can stand here today and tell you that what came from losing my mother was healing and freedom in places I didn't even know I needed it, things I didn't even recognize I needed it. But it was also witnessing my family come to church. My dad was here last service. He needed to sit in the second row and be here to support me. I didn't grow up in church. I came to Grace Avenue probably the first two or three years, and my family was not coming with me, no matter how much I talked about my church and how much I loved it. They came to church. I got to witness my baby sister raise her hand for salvation. I got to witness her get baptized. I got to witness her start serving and using the gifts that God has placed in her to move the kingdom forward. God is good. It's who he is. Amen. And maybe you're in a place today where you need to experience his goodness. You need to put your trust in him, right? That's what we've talked about today. Experiencing his goodness about is about putting our trust in him. And so the first step in that, what that looks like, is having a relationship with him so that you're familiar with who your father is, that you know who he is. So I want, that's what I want to invite you guys to do today. I want to invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes and ask if you are ready today to make that decision to invite the Lord and to put your trust in him so that you can experience his goodness. I want to invite you to do that this morning. That song we sang earlier, one word from you changes everything. One decision that you make today can change everything can change your future, can change things for your family, break generational curses. One decision, one word. If that's you this morning, if what I'm saying is resonating in your heart, I really want to invite you to raise your hand and invite him into your life to put your trust in him. This is that moment. Thank you. I see hands coming around. Keep putting them up. Our team is seeing you. The Bible says he left the many for the one. So even if there was one hand raised in here, that's what we're here to celebrate this morning. That's what we're here to invite you into. It's the goodness of God. One more time, if there's anyone in here, we'll wait for you. Thank you.
you, Jesus. If you're ready to make that decision this morning, I want to invite you to just repeat after me. Church fam, we can say this all together in support. Dear Jesus, I thank you for dying on that cross for me. I thank you for the forgiveness of my sins. I thank you for your goodness and for your love. I invite you into my heart and into my life and leave today a new creation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Well, I pray that that word blessed you. If you'd like to know more about Grace Avenue Church or want to know more about how to be a part of what God has called us to here in the city of San Antonio, or if you'd like to sow financially into our vision and mission, please visit us online at graceavenuechurch.com. Thanks so much for listening. We hope to see you soon.